Have you ever wondered what happened before the awakening to our uh, favorite heroes from the film that's burning up the box office, The Force Awakens? Well, there is a book about it, and uh, we have a very special guest on this week's podcast, and we're going to talk about it right now. Falcon flight with destiny. That's right, it is the Star Wars Report Podcast. Man, am I excited about a very special podcast we're doing. I'm Riley Blanton, your host here, but today I'm not really the host. I am more acting producer, uh, because uh, my good buddy and yours has actually read this amazing book and is going to introduce a very special guest. Let's bring him in. It's Mr. Mark Herleman. How's it going, Mark? Hey, it's going really good. Yeah, d- dude, this book came in right on Christmas Day for me to check out. I blazed through it, uh, you know, and that's something I'm excited to be able to say I've, I'm doing again, you know, grabbing a book and not being able to set it down. This book, uh, Greg Rucka has wrote, it's it's fun. You should go out there. You should check it out. We got stories from Finn, Ray. We got Poe. It's leading up in... Like I said, guys, I could not put it down, and it does a lot for the film. But enough about me. We're not here to listen to me. I was going to say, Mark, I'm going to, in fact, I'm just going to, yeah, I'll be honest, I'm going to sign off and turn it over to you as interviewer, Mark. Uh, So I know you've got a very special guest to introduce. So this is me. I'll sign off, and I'll talk to you guys next week. Uh, Mark, who are we talking to today? That's right. We've got Greg Rucka with us. Now, Greg, this isn't your first approach or, or, or foray into Star Wars fandom or, or canon even, right? You've got other works out there. You want to tell the listeners a little about yourself and what you've been up to? Well, uh, see, Before the Awakening is actually the third thing I've done uh, for Lucasfilm slash Disney Publishing. Uh, I did the Shattered Empire four-issue miniseries for Marvel Comics that was the events immediately post uh, Battle of Endor uh, that was the I guess, quote unquote, uh, first official new canon, uh, after, uh, after return of the Jedi. Um, I guess it's, it's the, the distinction is, is between shattered empire and comics and, and aftermath, uh, by Chuck Lundig. Um, mm-hmm. and then I, uh, I did one of them before the awakening middle reader books. I did the Han and Chewie one, uh, called smugglers run. So before the awakening was another, uh, technically what they call a middle reader, Book, meaning that it's supposed to be accessible for people who can read well enough, I guess. I, I, I have a difficult time with the term um, yeah. because it's always problematic to put an age bracket on it. Uh, there's nothing, you know, mostly when they say middle reader, what they're saying is, uh, you know, limited profanity, if any, any uh, no sex and, and, and keep the violence from being incredibly graphic. Um mm-hmm. But that's kind of Star Wars. So it's like, all right, <laughs> you can call it middle reader, but it's a Star Wars story. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, but, I, I mean, definitely have that middle ground. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it. look, it, you know, I was given the opportunity to write, write Star Wars stories. 
You know, I can't think of anybody in my generation who would have passed that up. I, I just yeah. can't. Uh, it's an incredible privilege. Yeah, I, I like the pacing of the books. I like the fact that they weren't too long. Like I said, I, I sat down and read this in a two-day stretch. So I, I think that definitely is working for that middle ground for a lot of people that they're worried about grabbing a book that's going to take them too long. This you don't have to worry about. I mean, you could sit down and have this thing. If you're fairly adept at reading at a decent pace, you could have this done in an afternoon, really. Uh, now, of these yeah. three stories, which one was your favorite one to get in the head of? I mean, I know I have my favorite, but I didn't write it. Um, we're talking before the awakening, right? Specifically, we're talking yeah, about yeah. either the Finn, the the Ray, or the yeah, Poe story. Finn, Ray, or Poe. Yeah, which one was the uh, one that really was the fun uh, man. one? Well, they were all fun. Um, the one that I am probably proudest of is the Ray story, but I'm proud of it for an odd reason. I'm I'm proud of it more on an artistic level as a writer. Um, because Ray is, you know, Ray is as we meet her in, in, in the movie, you know, she's, she's a loner. She is, she's very isolated and yeah. writing her story. That meant that pretty much the first, you know, it's about 10,000, that, that story is about 10,000 words. And I think for the first 5,000 words of it, there's not a line of dialogue. You know, she doesn't have anybody to talk to. So mm. there's nothing for her to say. And uh, from just a, a craft point of view, just speaking as a guy who writes professionally, who tells stories, that was an interesting challenge, how to make it work and how to keep it compelling and how to keep it interesting without, um, w- well, removing basically one of the tools from the storyteller's toolbox, which is dialogue. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we get dialogue later in the story once, once Debbie and Strunk enter. Um, but prior to that, you know, it's all Ray and it's all inside Ray's head. And that, 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 that was its own challenge. Um, mm. there's not one of those stories I, I'm not happy with. Um, mm. the Poe one, I'm a little snow blind on the Poe one. Oh, I'm really? a little snow blind on. Yeah. Because there was a publishing thing going on, uh, with, with the manuscript and I had to revise it. Um, oh. and, I was having to revise it under a very hot deadline, like with my editor calling me in tears, you know, weeping, saying, <laughs> we really, this has to be at the printers in 12 hours. Oh, <laughs> man. So, so, wow, um, you'd never pick that up from reading that story, though. That, that one was definitely my favorite of them. Yeah, it seems to be, from what I've seen, uh, that seems to be the, the winner for, for most people who've read it, that they really, really enjoyed the Poe one. And I think that may be awesome because the Poe one has a certain sense of nostalgia to it. Um, you know, if you're a fan of old, of the old EU, it certainly has uh, the flavor of, I think, some of the Rogue Squadron stuff. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. You know, and I think in that sense, it, it's very comfortable. And, you know, and Poe's, you know, come on. You know, Poe is, and and... We're presuming everybody's hearing this, you know, if you haven't seen the movie, pause now, go see it and then come back, (laughs) you know, Um, if something's horribly wrong with you and you've not been able to see the movie. Um, But, you know, I mean, the thing about Poe is he's so he's pretty straightforward, you know, in the movie. He is, you know, he's got one of the best, you know, the the whole, you know, how does this work? Do I go first? Do you go first? You know, (laughs) you get the character in a nutshell and being able to write that guy. You know, that's, it's like writing Han, 
You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You 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 know the voice and you hear the voice and 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 then it's just my job to get out of the way, you know. And, and type yeah, you really nailed Poe. I mean, you you had this line where you go where he's like, "Well, at least it's not the whole fleet." And I, I thought of that other line where he was doing the "You go first, I go first. But you really came out swinging with the Poe story in the aspect of you tied it in with Shattered Empire references right out the get go with his mother's A wing. And honestly, at the time, I I, I had gotten uh, Shattered Empire for Christmas as well, and I hadn't had a chance to read that one yet. So I oh, didn't realize man. that that was, that you had wrote both. So I immediately, I busted it open. I'm flipping through it. And I'm just like, wow, the, the, you know, the two stories that are at play and stuff. And, and yeah, I was very interested in that, which led me to a question, you know, you were bringing in these elements from your other stories. Had you had a chance to read any of the other new Canon books to pull things from there? Or did you get stuff mm-hmm. from the story group there? They were like, Hey, could you slip this in? Do you have any insight to how that process oh, yeah, works? No. No, I mean, look, you don't, when, when you work, and, and this, is, this is in general when you're doing this kind of work for hire, which is technically this kind of writing, right? There's, there's what we call, especially in comics, we call creator ownership, right? Mm-hmm. Which are comics that I own myself. And, uh, you know, I do a book called Stumptown. It's a private eye story. It's uh, published by Oni Press. I do two books through Image, uh, Image Comics, one called Lazarus one called black magic and each of, you know, all of those, those are, those are mine and, and the teams I work with. So anything we do, it's up to us. Right. But mm-hmm. when you're in work for hire, when you're doing stuff like, um, you know, when, when you're writing a Batman story, when you're writing a Spider-Man story, you are obligated to the larger universe that, that franchise. So yeah. you, you, you go into the job, hopefully if you're being healthy about it with your eyes wide open and your ears wide open so that, you know, there are people who are in higher positions than you who have hired you for the job because they believe you can do the job. And then they will tell you what they expect of you. And in some cases it'll be pretty clear and, and, um, and, 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 and kind of uh, restraint, right? It'll be like, you know, you're writing just this thing. Here's the mm-hmm. box. Don't go out of the box. And in other cases, they'll be like, no, no, you can go anywhere you want. Just make sure that you do X or you do Y or you yeah. do Z. So everything that I've done specifically in Star Wars, yeah, Story Group has had to approve it on some level. They have always been aware. Um, okay. and, and, and their their awareness and their input um, is, I mean, it, it, it's incredibly energizing, you know, because you're working with people who are very specialized and, and mm-hmm. everybody that I've encountered in story, story group, they sort of have their areas of expertise yeah. and they zero in, they're very clear. And then they tend to, you know, then they tend to step back. So, uh, it's kind of gleeful, you know, and I've done, Mm-hmm. I've been writing for over 20 years professionally and I've done a lot of work for hire and there's nothing worse when you're doing a work for hire job and one hand doesn't know what the other's doing. Oh, and God. yeah, I mean, it's, it, it is, it, it redefines nightmare. Um, <laughs> you know, but, <laughs> but that really has not been the case here at all. Um, oh, nice. the, 
the, the biggest thing that was going on is that you have to be aware that um, things are always evolving, right? So as I'm writing before the awakening, they're working on episode eight, right? Seven, yeah. you know, is, 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 is locked and JJ is doing the final cut. So, and, and I know at that point, you know, to write before the awakening, I had access to episode seven. So nice. uh, for the better part of the last year, I've been sitting on spoilers, you know, and trying to avoid my son cornering me and saying, so what happened? Um, <laughs> over and over again. Uh, once, once you get sort of beyond that, there are things that I just, I don't know. Right. So yeah. every now and then, you know, I write something or I propose something and I send it in because you want to clear the ground. You send in what you're working on or here's the proposal and it gets vetted. And then it'll come back and it'll come back with the notes. And there were cases where it would come back and be like, that's okay. And then literally a week later to be like, you know, that thing we said was okay. Turns out it's not okay. And it's like, mm. okay, thank you. Okay. That's, all right. Well, we'll, we'll fix it. You know? So, but that's just, and like I say, you can, you can approach that sort of thing one of two ways. You can, you can get really cranky about it. And you can be, you know, you can be self-righteous and say, I can't work under these conditions. Um, <laughs> or you can say, no, this is what I signed on for. And one of the joys about Star Wars, in particular for me, is that it's, it's alive. The universe is a living thing. Um, it's always growing. It's always expanding. You know, there's, there's, um, there's a mention in Smuggler's Run in the Han and Chewie book of Lothal, right? And, yeah. you know, I just threw that in when I was writing it. And Story Group came back and they'd circled it. And there had been a note saying, excellent, thank you. There was another nice. note I got from Story Group at one point where I had used, uh, I think I'd used like a uh, Tarantatech as a, uh, in, in, um, in some sort of description. And, mm. and the note was, too obscure, use EOPs. You know, and I was like, all right, there we go. You know, so I, 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 I love getting the notes back just because you can, I, can, I can at this point sort of tell who in group gave me which note, you know? Yeah. And it's like, so I was like, this, this is really cool. But it, I'm betting you got like a note that, back from Chi or, or Pablo <laughs> about the whole uh, celebration babies because I thought that was an interesting angle. Um, actually, I think it, I think there was a Pablo note, um, about <laughs> it, uh, that said, well, that makes sense. Um, and I love, actually, I gotta tell you, I love, I love, uh, I love Leland's notes because Leland's notes are always, always dead on, you know, technical stuff. There was a thing in Shattered Empire, right? When I was writing the first issue, if you read Shattered Empire, it opens during the during the Battle of Endor, the attack on the second Death Star, right? Yeah. And literally, as I was prepping to write that issue, as I was prepping to write this script, I was watching Return of the Jedi, and I was watching it with, like, the counters, so I was able to mark hour and minute and second, because I wanted oh, nice. to be able to give Marco, Marco Cicchetto, the artist, the specific moments and say, this is this moment, I want this moment, right? This is where we are. And... So I wrote the script and I send it in and I get a note back and there's a note from Leland saying, this happens before this. 
And I remember <laughs> I had been sitting there with a timer. I'd been timing it, and I was like, no, it doesn't. Ha, ha, he's wrong. Ha, ha, I beat the hologram keeper. He's right. And then I checked, and of course, I was wrong, and he was right, which is everything you need to know about the story group in a nutshell. You know, I mean, it's like they're not yep. wrong. So, and, and like I said, it makes it seem like they're, they're, they're hovering and they're not, they're not, they're not helicopter moms on you. They, 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 you know, they give you, they give you a mandate and they go. So, um, I was asked a couple months ago, no, yeah, I, I think it was about two months ago. I got an email question from a reporter who was writing a piece on Oscar Isaac for either Esquire or GQ. I can't remember which. And they were cross-checking the fact that Oscar had mentioned that he liked the idea of Poe being from the Oven 4. And he had seen in Shattered Empire, somehow it had come to his attention that, lo and behold, Poe grows up on the Oven 4. And the reporter was like, so did you come up with this independently? And I was like, yes, because that would be the greatest coincidence in all of history. (laughs) And I was like, no, I mean, it was, it was relayed to me by somebody at Lucasfilm that Oscar had this idea about Poe. And I was like, that's a great idea. I can use that. And I've got the story to do it. (laughs) So, you know, and, and when you can, and like I said, come on, let's, let's face it. That's going to have, about as much impact on, you know, the trajectory of episode eight and episode nine as, oh, whether or not you had butter on your popcorn when you went to see it, right? I mean, it's just, it's, it, it's got nothing to do with nothing. But see, the fact that I did this thing and that the guy who's playing Poe goes, yeah, okay, so that's now my backstory. It's official. <laughs> That's kind of cool. You know what I I mean? I remember watching episode seven wondering, are we going to see these force sensitive trees? Because I was like, what's with the force sensitive trees, man? There's got to be something with it. Like, I I pulled out Empire Strikes Back and I'm like, right there, Yoda says, the the rock and the trees. Like, (laughs) everybody's like, you're making way too much of this. I'm like, but but there's trees, man. But the trees, and again, the the tree, you know, uh, when, when I did, now we're talking Shattered Empire, but, you know, I. When when I was breaking down Shattered Empire, I um I was I was well. There's a longer story here if you want to hear it. Um, sure, it depends on sure. how much time you have. So they, uh, I was down. approached and I said, "We okay, well." So Shattered Empire comes about this way. I finished doing Smuggler's Run, and I get a call saying, "Hey, you know, you do a lot of comics. You won lots of awards for comics. Would you do?" this thing called Shattered Empire. It's going to be the first official comic set after Return of the Jedi. And I said, I would love to do that. I said, all right, write us a pitch. So I said, okay. So I wrote up a pitch. And the pitch I wrote up uh, was about uh, Delia Layton, who's a character in Smuggler's Run, and was going to have Beck and was going to have Torrent in it, and it was going to be Lando heavy. Lando was going to be the big point of intersection. And they approved it. And I'm getting ready to write and sit down and write. And this is in May and celebration happens. And they release, they release the press release on Shattered Empire with Phil Noto's cover to issue one, which if you have seen, 
is the celebration shot in the Ewok village and shows Han and Chewie and Lando and the droids and Leia and Luke. And I look at this all over the internet, right? It's everywhere. And I'm like, I'm not using anybody but Lando. They're going to murder me in the face. I'm going to die. Because here's this <laughs> ad that just went out that said, finally, we're going to talk about what happens after Return of the Jedi. And here's the image with the implication, right, that we're going to be seeing <laughs> these people. And they've approved the pitch that only has Lando in it. And I'm like, and I called, I called my editor at Marvel and I called um, the editor at, at Lucasfilm that I was dealing with. And I basically was like, I need to put in a new pitch. Okay, I'm writing a new proposal right now, okay? But here's why. And I don't want to be killed. And they will kill me. There are fans out there who will be like, you sold us a bill of goods. And they will not look at Marvel, and they will not look at Filmetto. They will go, it's the writer's fault. So I'm like, i got to deliver on that art, man. And they came back and they said, okay, yeah, go ahead. So I put in this pitch saying, look, the best I can do is I can come up with these vignettes, and here's the idea. And the idea is we're going to be following Poe's parents, but you won't immediately know that. And they said, okay, that's fine. So we do the issue one, right? We do issue two, we do issue three. And I knew issue four was going to be Luke because I'd kind of been saving that as the cherry on the top of the Sunday, right? Because it's like, mm -hmm. this is Luke now as a fully realized Jedi at that point. This is Luke post Return of the Jedi. This is Luke who has succeeded in what he has set out to do. And he is the Jedi Knight now, and quite literally the only one. So yeah. I, I'm on the phone with my editor, and I'm like, the thing is, I don't know what the MacGuffin is. I don't know what it is they're after. And I said, and I don't want it to be, I mean, I know it makes sense. Luke has to recover knowledge, right? He's going to start to rebuild. And Sorry Gibbon said, yes, absolutely. And... um I actually managed to swing a call with Pablo and Leland and my editor uh, at, at Lucasfilm. And I said, look, this is, this is what I want to do. And I've only got like 20 pages. Um, and there are a couple different stories that I would love to tell. I would love to tell the story of um, the garrison of stormtroopers who have never actually had to deal with a Jedi before and just have no idea what it is that's coming at them and have no way to stop it. Just that would be great. literally no way to stop it. They, I mean, that is, but I mean, that would be amazing. It would be so cool. And if you look, if you're looking at the Marvel comics right now and you look at what Jason Aaron and, and, and Kieran have been doing in Vader down, it's very much inverting the Vader down paradigm of like, here's Darth Vader and the entire rebellion and the entire rebellion doesn't stand a chance. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. This idea of what is it? We don't, you know, and literally they start with blasters and oh, that doesn't work. Let's use bigger blasters. Let's send out speeders. Let's send out pie fighters. Let's send out how it, okay, get the walkers. Just stop it somehow. Um, Everything. Like, yeah, that'd be great. It's, yeah. Except everything I'm describing there is big, right? And when you only have 20 pages, that's, you want to be able to give the art a lot of room. And that's too mm -hmm. big for 20 pages. So I was like, if he's trying to recover knowledge, you know, it's like, I don't want to do a holocron. 
um, holocrons have been done to death. And you can, I can hear both Pablo and Leland groan. You know, they're like, oh, not another holocron. <laughs> <laughs> and we've been talking a lot about Palpatine and really about how horrible he was. And I think it was Pablo who said, you know what? You should use the tree from the Jedi Temple from the Clone Wars cartoon. And I was like, oh, that's a fantastic idea. That's mm-hmm. a fantastic idea. And that's where it came from. It was quite literally story groups saying, use the tree. And I was like, oh, that's beautiful. And that's such a beautiful metaphor. You know, and it's a perfect metaphor for what the galaxy is like after Return of the Jedi. Right. Yeah. You know, we, we're going to replant these things. And we have two. Significantly, there are two of them. And Luke takes one and he gives the other one to Shara. And, you know, these are two directions. These are two ways it's going to grow. And now whether or not somewhere down the line that tree growing on Yavin 4 takes on some incredible significance, right? I do not know. It would be pretty arrogant of me to assume that, you know, Ryan Johnson is leading Shattered Empire and going, hey, I've got to use that tree. I don't think (laughs) that happens, you know? Yeah. But, uh, but it's fun to be able to get in there and do it. And like I said, at the end of the day, I made Oscar Isaac happy for, you know, a couple of minutes. So I'll, I'll take that as a win, man. Yeah. You know, no I'll take that. <laughs> See, when I was reading the comic, I didn't realize it was Yavin four just based off of what was there. I mean, when I went back and was looking at it the second time, I'm like, Oh, Oh yeah. But I think that's one of the great things about what Before the Awakening does is is it fills in so many of those details. You know, you you, mm-hmm. you clarify in the post story that yeah, that was Yavin Four that he was raised. Which, you know, I, I've always been a huge Legends fan, so I was like, oh sweet, we've got somebody that still grew up on Yavin Four. You know, I was like excited about yep. that. But I really yep. like that you were able to get into Leia Organa now as General Organa and and set up everything that was going on with the Resistance and the New Republic. Like that was an angle yeah. when I was watching The Force Awakens. I had no idea what was going on. And, you know, right. your book really solidified a lot of that and also what was going on with Finn, uh, you know, with, with his yeah. indecision. But I, I thought it was interesting that Ray was the story that you liked the most because I read it last because uh, I was afraid yeah. I wasn't going to have enough time. So I read it last and it was the one that I. I found having the most emotional impact with me. I mean, you know, she's working on, and I don't want to spoil much, but she's working on a project. And in the end, she sort of loses the project, but it's her reaction to that loss that really struck me. And and we were talking about it on the last episode of the Star Wars Report about the angle of, you know, if your parents lose you in the woods, you know, we always say to our scouts, hug a tree and your parents will come back for you. And there's a moment where she's thinking that, and it really just, it, it, Man, I almost teared up. I was like, wow, that was deep. Yeah. And it really it, – it, every one of these stories gives you that insight as to where they're at in their head right now. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I, I, was, I was doing nothing but talking the praises of this story. Like I think the biggest shame of your book is that they waited till the day of to release it like, <laughs> and that it has no Journey to the Force Awakens banner because me and my co-host Nathan, we were talking – this book really is the best example of a Journey to the Force Awakens that we've had out there and it's missing the label. Uh, it's that angle of that whole young reader thing. It's like a different niche than what we're used to as the, you know, the consumers of books from Star Wars fans. We're like, wait, you know, these books came out and and nobody was telling us, you know, like, hey, there's some really good important things that you're gonna want to know in these books. And yeah. you know, I mean, that's why I'm out there pointing out to my friends, like, guys, if you have any question about what's going on with Finn and stuff, this is the book to grab. 
That's very cool. That's great. You know, because it's interesting. Um, the race story, like I said, that was, I think, for me, the most challenging. And I look at it now, and there are bits in it that I'm like, oh, man, I wish I had had more. Because I had read the script, right? I'd, I'd read episode seven, and I'd seen a lot of the images. I hadn't seen the film. So, for instance, the fact that I did not know that Ray was marking days on the wall of uh-huh. the walker. And that's exactly the sort of thing that should have been in that story, right? That's one sentence during the, the Shushria, you know, when she's locked up and she can't go out, where yeah. that, I mean, you could think about the anguish. I mean, just for a second, you want to get into a character's head? Mm-hmm. Think about the anguish of not knowing how many days you're in there. So how do you keep track when clearly keeping track is so important, yeah. right? She's, she's got to know because the time matters, right? Because you look at that in, at the first blush and that's her going, it's like a prison sentence is the first way you see it, right? That's how long I've been here, but it mm-hmm. isn't. That's her counting down. She's counting down. Right? Because every day she puts a mark on, that's one less mark until they come and get her. Yeah. Right? And that's that. heartbreaking. That's heartbreaking if you think about it. Um, yeah. So, I mean, there are little, little things like that that, you know, I'm like, ah, oh, I wish I'd known. I wish I'd yeah. known. Um, well, one other thing I wanted to ask you too, it's more Finn based. Um, we get the sense that the stormtroopers are treated a lot like the clone army, but instead of them being clones, they're taken as infants, kind of like the Jedi were and raised as stormtroopers. Is there more to it than that? Or is that basically the gist of things? Because there are a lot of people that seemed confused and a lot of people thought that Finn's first mission was the movie, which we learn in the story. It's actually his second real live fire mission. Yeah, it's his well, it's his first combat mission. Okay. The 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 Jakku the Jakku operation is is his first official combat deployment. The deployment uh in 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 before the awakening is technically non-combat, right? Mm, they're true. there to be a presence, but they're not there actually to engage in it, you're not entering a hot zone. Nobody's shooting at them. Right. They sat down on Jakku. They sat down on Jakku shooting. Um, and that's the key difference is yeah. that it was one thing to be told, you're going to stand here, you're going to stand on guard. And then Phasma pulls a fast one on, on the cadre, you know, in the story and says, come in here and do this thing. Yeah. Um, but that's Phasma. That's actually Phasma testing slip. Yeah. She's not testing Finn because up until that point, her only concern about Finn, right, is whether or not he's going to allow himself to be compromised by this, you know, empathy. weird this empathy thing that he's got going. But <laughs> she can, she figures, you know, she can cure him of that. Um, yeah. Obviously, the events on Jakku make it clear to her that, no, he's too far gone. He's a baron in, in, in the cadre. As yeah, to, just, you know, as, as to where they come from, I'll tell you right now, I don't know. Um, I know because there were certain things, like I said, they gave me certain things they didn't. They said, you're going to need to be vague here. And sometimes they say uh, that because they haven't decided. 
And yeah. sometimes they say that because there's something going on somewhere. And it is quite possible that where Finn comes from may turn out to be a factor, right? So they don't yeah. want to tip their hand. So I, you know, I'm working with, they said they're not clones. I said, okay. I said, and they're taken young. And I said, okay, got it. That's it. Yeah. And they're taken young enough that they obviously don't have any memory of having a name. Because that, Finn genuinely can't tell Poe what his name is. It's not yeah, that he's being coy. He, and you he wrote says, a great, you wrote a great angle about that too in the story with the nickname, uh, with the yeah. what, what did you call them? The real stormtrooper, the veteran stormtroopers, and one of them comes up to him and he's like. FN two one eight seven. No nickname. You're one of those, huh? And he's like, one of those. Yeah. An outsider cadet. You're on the outside. You always be looking in, wondering why you don't belong. And I thought that was very interesting, especially considering mm-hmm. you know where they're at. And then amongst them all, he was the one that didn't pick a name, and yet that veteran clone was able to figure out. Well, he was the leader of the group because he was sticking to that. Yeah. And it was odd that he was on the outside, yet he was the one that seemed to be towing the line the most it was like wow you are on the outside and yet you are doing everything it it added that depth of the conflict for the character i mean you you definitely nailed those aspects that excellent well and it's interesting too you know one of the things that came up one of the notes initially on that story was is this too similar to clone wars with them Mm -hmm. giving out nicknames and you know a lot of times you know, the notes come in the form of questions and, and they're asking for a dialogue. And the response, you know, the only possible response to that is, yeah, but what happened in the Clone Wars is not unique to that. If you look at almost any military group, that's what happens. Yeah. Right? If you put a bunch of people together in a tight unit and they're going to come up with nicknames for each other. It's how yeah. they work. And, yeah. and it takes a heck of a long time in the middle of combat to say, FN2187, duck. <laughs> you know, as opposed yeah. to slip duck, you know. Yeah, so. yeah. I was, I was almost kind of like, oh, they should have called him Sev. Uh, the one last thing I w- I'd asked uh, our followers on the Twitterverse out there, you know, some questions, and one of them came in, uh, and I, I couldn't directly answer it, so I figured I'd throw it your way. They, uh, huh. Franklin Taylor asked if the Z ninety five scene. Uh, was a nod to Han Solo at Star's End. Now, I don't necessarily know what he meant by that, so I figured I'd throw it out there to you. Not not specifically. Not specifically. And actually, if you're looking for more nods to to the Han Solo, that that original Han Solo series of books, you get more of it in Smuggler's Run. Um, Uh but, But yes, I am fully aware of that history. Um, nice. but honestly, I, I used Z 95s there, not because of the Han Solo stuff, but because of the X-Wing game. Oh, really? Yeah. That's how old I am, man. Nice. I got a PC so I could play that original game. That's why I bought a PC. So, nice. well, that was, that was me too. I, I, yeah. Sixth grade. <laughs> my best friend was like, you got to play this game. And I was, he was yeah. my astromech. I'm like, dude, okay. There's too many buttons. You're going to have to, I'll tell you go fast shields, <laughs> that kind of stuff. <laughs> Now, well, that's I sold. Cool. I sold my first novel, and I bought a new desk, and the desktop, and the joystick, and that kit. That's what I did. <laughs> that was like my present to myself. 
It was awesome. like the game and a place to play it. So <laughs> nice. One last thing was uh, you had a great set of lines uh, from from General Leia talking about her being a legend and not being a legend. And I, I, I mean, every time I see that now that EU is legends, I'm always I get a kick out of that. And I don't know if you did it on purpose or not, but I had to tip my hat to you, sir. That was that was a great moment. <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I love Leia. You know. Um, writing her in Shattered Empire was, you know, it's a toss-up between her and Luke uh, for mm-hmm. me, which is that I enjoyed writing more. Um, I, uh, God, there are so many Leia stories I would love to tell. Uh, I am yeah. agitating. There, there, are some, there are some Return of the Jedi era, post-Return of the Jedi era stories I would love to be able to get in there and tell. Um, yeah. And, and hopefully, God willing, you know, I'll have the opportunity. Well, I was impressed because I mean, so far in the new canon, I think your book's definitely the the deepest we've gotten to get to know her and what's going on outside the movie itself. So that was definitely a really cool moment just to get that little banter, get to see her bring Poe into the fold of the resistance. You know, that moment where like he's like, "Uh oh, these orders came from a pie." (laughs) Cool. Good. Yeah, no, I like I said, you know, look, the job becomes very easy when you have characters like that that you can work with. Um, they, 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 you know, how to put this? You, you kind of have to work hard to mess it up, mess it up. You know what I mean? <laughs> Somebody hands you uh, Leia and they hand you Poe Dameron and they say, put them in a scene together. You really have to be asleep at the wheel uh, to, 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 to drop that ball, you know what I mean? To mix my <laughs> metaphors really badly, but I mean, yeah. oh man! And like I said, these are you know I, I've said in other interviews, you know I've worked in comics a long time now, and I've worked around people who you know grew up reading Marvel and DC, and and they, you know, they can cite chapter and verse, and mm-hmm. you know for me it was always Star Wars, it was always those movies. You know, my best friend in the world and I, you know, met. Uh, in college, you know, my freshman year, the beginning of my freshman year, you know, talking sci-fi and, nice. you know, we, we communicate in shorthand, you know, quotes and we have played, you know, two multi-year Star Wars campaigns at this point, role-playing games and so on. So this is, this is, you know, this is, this is deep, deep in my DNA. This is, um, like I said, I, I, somebody offers you the opportunity to come and play in the sandbox. There, there are very, very few people of my generation who are going to say I'll pass. Yeah. Um, I, and, and I was invited in, uh, at a very good time, uh, at a time when I needed it. You know, my father was, um, we're going to go deep here for a second. Um, but my father was, uh, it was just before he was, passed away. He was very ill and I, uh, I'd been visiting him and I got a call from, uh, Michael Seguin, who is basically heading up, uh, Bill Lucasfilm publishing initiative. And that's when he said, you know, we're doing these journey to the force awakens book. And, uh, I want to know if you'd be interested in doing the Han, Han Solo one. And I said, Han and Chewie. And he said, yeah. And I said, set. And he said, it's right after episode four. And I said, where do I sign? And yeah. he said, and he was like, look, I mean, I know you got a lot going on. I said, no, you don't understand. This is perfect. I need this right now. Yeah, I need yeah. this right now. Um, so it all, you know, once again, Star Wars was in my right, was 
was at the right place in my life when I needed it. So, and that's, well, yes, there you go. There's, there's our profound note. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, think so too. I, 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 really, I, sorry about I, your I loss. think you nailed it. No, I, I, I appreciate it. I don't, I don't bring it up for that. You know, but I think <laughs> what you said is really telling. I think it's really telling that for, for many of us, if not most of us, Star Wars is, you know, it, it, it's huge to us it, it, and it touches our lives in ways that, you know, very, very hard to articulate at times. Um, um, and is something that has been with us in one way or another for a very long time. Um, yeah. I'm an original trilogy guy. It is, it is hard for me to imagine that there are people who, who came to it only through the prequels. And yet, you know, I've got a 16, almost 16 year old son and I vividly remember, you know, taking him to see, you know, or showing him, you know, showing him Phantom Menace and him falling in love with it and him connecting, you know, with, um, you know, Attack of the Clones, Kid Tristo, man, that was, that was the visual. (laughs) Yeah, my kids are... My kids are, are my youngest is three, and now everything is Star Wars Rebels. You know, we're gonna go watch Force Awakens. Yeah, we're gonna go see Star Wars Rebels now. Uh, you know, yep. early at the beginning of this uh, recording, you were talking about with the Poe one how it had that feel of the old Rogue Squadron novels, and yeah. I, I gotta tell you, man, that was one of the things that jumped right out to me was your style, the way you did these space scenes. It had that Aaron Alston, that Michael Stackpole feel to it, and I, I pulled out. I'm a big fan of the diecast, and I pulled out my uh, Poe Damer and Black Starfighter, and when you <laughs> did the the Lulu stand, I was doing it and. <laughs> I was sitting there and I was like, it, it reminded me of a scene my dad absolutely, my dad's a Trekkie, and there was a scene where Scotty took and did that with the Enterprise. And I was sitting there as I was doing it, I'm like, oh, that's that move. I'm like, that's slick. Like, I, yeah, I really dug the way that you did that. And I mean, I'm hoping that they throw more books your way. I would love to see more uh, of the uh, the Rapier Squadron, more of the Black Squadron, or, or you know, any of the X-Wing stuff. Like, you really nailed the Starfighter combat. And I would love to see if you're down to do something like that them throw that style of book your way because I, I you know like I said I'm a huge EU fan and your book that scene when that happened I I mean I was transported to all my favorite Rogue and Wraith Squadron scenes I was like oh man this guy gets it and I really as a fan of that other universe I really appreciated having somebody that took the time to to do that with the space battles oh that's fantastic no that's 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 high compliment man that's that's what you want you know I I, I wanted Look, you write something like that, and you want it to be, uh, number one, you want to be able to see it, right? Uh, You you want to make sure that the descriptions, the writing is clear enough so that the visual of it is is evident, so that, you know, your reader is seeing it and is seeing it with, you know, you want to be able to close your eyes and see it like you're watching it on a movie screen. Um. And and I think those you know the Stackpole stories, all those stories did that so well. So you know that you even that you would put it up there. That's that's a high compliment. I really appreciate that. Yeah, that that 
eight or seven minutes to steal that freighter was an intense eight minutes. And I was like, yes, <laughs> yes, this is great. I was, I was sad that it came to an end, but at the same time, I was like, like I said, I only got it two days ago. So I was like, I got to get through this book so fast. Cause I didn't want to come. I mean, I had questions going in, but I was like, I want to be able to ask direct questions. Cause like, this is really good. Especially when I got through the Finn story, I was like, I got, I'm having this real big bromance with Finn's character or with Poe's character. So I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I, I want to know about Ray, but you know, if there's anyone, one story I might have to cut out here. I, I'm going to just jump right to that one. And then I had enough time to get the Ray one finished. And again, you know, like I said, the emotional impact was there. Every one of your little tales, they hit. They're short enough that, you know, you could sit down, read it all in one setting, uh, you know, hats off all the way around. It was a great addition to canon, great stories, a great journey to The Force Awakens, and a great point to jump off into that film. Uh, you know, I hope for the fans out there that haven't seen the movie, you're able to take the chance to grab this book, give it a read. It's well worth your time, well worth your money, and it's a great investment in general. Uh, Greg, any contact information you want to give to our listeners or anything like that before we go? Any final thoughts you have? Uh, no, man. I mean, look, man, the force be with everyone. You know, I, I, I am so delighted, and you know, it's a privilege. Look, I. I do a lot of interviews. Uh, you know, I've, like I said, I've been in comics a really, really long time. Um, being able to talk Star Wars, you know, being able to talk to people about Star Wars, being able to talk to people who, you know, are reading this stuff and digging it. Oh man, that's that's the best. That is just the best. And and I can't, you know, I can't say thank you enough. So I hope that I continue to get the opportunity to write the stories and I hope people will continue to enjoy them if I do. Amen to that, sir. Amen to that. And we appreciate you again coming on. I appreciate the stories you've given us so far and I hope that they eventually give you even more because uh, you're definitely throwing great stories out into the new canon. That's definitely something we need to see more of. You know, the good story, as I said, the EU, yeah, that was one of the things they always talk about hit or miss. And right now, man, all your stories have been hits. Oh, that's great. Well, let's 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 hope it's a while before I miss them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show, Greg, and we appreciate it. And thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Thank you so much for the time. And may the force be with you. <laughs> and with you. All right, Riley. I don't know if you're still in the background, but uh, we are good there. Hey, here we go. Sorry about that. Yeah, I just realized I wanted to say real quick, Greg. No man, worries. I, uh, yeah. I, I've been sitting here in the background listening to this interview, and it's first, you're amazing. Thank you so much. This is way <laughs> awesome. Way more awesome than I could have possibly hoped for. And I cannot wait to dig into it myself. I just want to toss that out there and say I just started also uh, Shattered Empire. It's amazing. So uh, thanks, sir. Well, I hope, hope you enjoy it, man. Uh, absolutely, man. I, I've really enjoyed this. Hopefully, we'll really be in touch. really appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, look, anytime. Sure thing. We'll be in touch, man. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Thanks, Greg. Yeah, have a very happy New Year. Take you care. Too. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <clears throat> Ta-da. Sorry, man. Holy I cow. No, no, no. That was but... awesome. <laughs> that was, good Lord. That was, way, again, like I feel like I'm going to, I'm still recording, so I'm leaving all of this in the podcast and just saying, I've been sitting in the background because, Mark, you were the one who had the opportunity to have the review copy and stuff. There were times where I was like, Ooh, ooh, Shattered Empire. I want to talk about Shattered I really wanted to jump in, but that was ridiculous. Well, he's awesome. like, it's a long story. I'm like, I don't care. I got time. Oh, like, <laughs> like the whole oh, Oscar really Isaac film. bit. That was great. Ah, all right, guys. <clears throat> Thanks for tuning into this week's episode. Uh, good grief. Um, uh, I'm just going to sign off real cold right here, and I cannot uh, believe that just happened. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a great one. All right. We'll see you guys. Uh, we'll see you guys soon. Bye bye. Take care.